this week I'm going to talk about the Mahabharat. I understand that some of my listeners are perhaps not familiar with the text and that's why I'm going to present an introduction of what this text is all about. The Mahabharat is an ancient epic poem and the longest ever epic ever written. It contains over 100,000 stanzas and is equivalent to almost 10 times of Iliad and Odyssey put together. Written around 3000 years ago, the text is supposed to be written by a sage called Vedvyasa, but when we analyze this text, we get this understanding that it was written over a period of hundreds of years by many writers and of course before that before it was written down in text form it was transmitted orally from generation to generation so that means it is much older than that but the mahabharat it's not mere epic it is a romance telling the tale of heroic men and women some of them are considered to be divine it's a it's a literature in itself complete one containing the code of life a philosophy of social and ethical relationships speculative thought of on human problems and their solutions and most importantly perhaps it has also a small section called the bhagavad gita which once again is a, an essential hindu text and considered as a separate noble scripture in itself so you see there is there is a lot that goes into the mahabharata but before we get to the story before we get to the philosophy of it let's just understand the context in which it was written and the purpose that it serves and for that we have to take a slightly broader look at uh, hindu philosophy so that we can understand the mahabharat in the right context and uh, for that we begin with the idea of dharma dharma which is not only central to the core philosophy of hinduism but many other traditions religious traditions which originated in india such as buddhism jainism and other traditions so the question is what is dharma first of all a lot of translators literally translate it to religion but it's important to clarify that dharma is not religion so religion when we talk about it it is a set of beliefs but dharma is not really a set of beliefs it exists beyond beliefs so just like universe has its own order according to which it functions let's say it has natural laws and when we come to society we have certain legal framework so dharma too it can be interpreted the reality that is or the underlying laws they are interpreted in the in the same way and when we talk about interpretation uh, 
we get to different ideas. For example, as I said, when we interpret the nature scientifically, we may come up with the natural laws. We may talk about physics. So that is an interpretation of reality, right? So similarly, religion is an interpretation. It's an interpretation of dharma. It's an interpretation of the metaphysics of the world. It's an interpretation of how things should be. So, for instance, Buddhism interprets this universe in a certain way and Christianity also interprets the universe in a certain way. So both will prescribe certain certain suggestions so they will come up with their own truths and therefore they'll have differences they'll have similarities the idea here is to get to the truth to understand the reality as it is so that reality is dharma and if it is interpreted in different ways if hinduism is interpreting it in a certain way buddhism is it interpreting it in a certain way that's fine that's just the interpretation. But the concept of dharma in the wider sense, it's applicable to almost everything around us. So talking about the natural laws, we can talk about the questions of the physics. How does the moon rotate around earth? How does fire create smoke? How does hydrogen, how do hydrogen and oxygen combine to form water? All these are parts of the natural laws or natural dharma. Similarly, when we turn from is to ought, that is how things should be, what we should do, then also we talk about dharma. For example, how should a ruler or a government govern the state? So the answer is they govern it by following the dharma of the governance. Similarly, how should you behave to your, with, your, with your friends? That is, by following the dharma of friendship. How do you do your job? By following the dharma of the job. So, dharma is essentially the very nature of a thing, of a particular role, and accordingly you act. You act in accordance to dharma. So that is the concept of dharma. And Mahabharata is one of the many ways through which we understand the concept of dharma. Especially, as I said, there are different roles that we play. We play the role in our families. You can be a mother, a father, a son or a daughter. Or outside, you are friends or you're working with somebody as employees or employers or you're fighting in a war so you have different rules and accordingly you have different dharma so what Mahabharata does it uses the power of stories the power of narrative to teach dharma in ancient India there were different ways to teach dharma for example, if you wanted to learn it through theology, through rituals, through prayers, then there were Vedas. 
if you wanted to learn it through philosophy then there was upanishads if you wanted to learn it through practice there were different yoga systems available and similarly if you wanted to learn it through stories then you had the puranas or the mahabharata in them so that is essentially what mahabharata is doing it's teaching you the concept of dharma through different stories so therefore at one level mahabharata is a is an epic poem which we often talk about it is a beautiful form of literature but on a more deeper level it contains the philosophy of dharma and the philosophy is presented in the most palatable form that is in the form of storytelling and we'll talk about that story in the upcoming episodes